Welcome back everyone to another episode of Twilight. Um, we are starting New Moon today, which I'm very excited about. Well, not that excited because a lot of people have told me that it's the worst one, but <laughs> I'm here today with my friend Bethany. How are you Hello, doing? Hello, doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I am grand. It's always a fun time when I'm recording a Twilight episode because who knows what we're going to get into. <laughs> Okay, so Bethany, tell me about, like, what was it like for you reading Twilight for the first time? Like, were you in middle school, high school? Were you Team Edward, Team Jacob? Tell me everything. Yeah, I started reading the series in middle school, um, and my mom read it along with me, so she had to read the books before I read them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Um, I think I was definitely Team Edward. Um, in middle school, I was a pretty hopeless romantic, and I just thought Edward was pretty cool, and I was really impressed by, you know, their love story, and <laughs> definitely reading it back, it's a little creepy, um, <laughs> yeah. but as a middle schooler, I, I was pretty into Edward, um, yeah. and... Yeah, I I enjoy I really enjoyed reading reading the books. Um, so I remember were you like a diehard fan. Did you have like merch? Like, did you have a T shirt? Uh, so I didn't have merch, but I was <laughs> I was a big fan. It was it was a big guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> um, and I even read the last book. Um, my mom bought it got, got it from the library, uh, and I kind of snuck it and read it because she didn't want me to read it but I I read it <laughs> I took it from her bed classic stand. experience <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> that's so funny yeah because I think like I'm pretty sure they get kind of like in a pro pro yeah later on in the series because obviously they have a child right like, I know about the child right so, like, I could definitely see, like, anyone's mom <laughs> in middle school would be like, maybe, maybe we don't read this one. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, you know, it's a bummer because you've read the whole series and then you get to the last book and you're not allowed to read you're it. too young to handle it. Yeah. yeah. Sucks. Stephanie. Well, New Moon <laughs> has really been something. I actually started reading it. So, like, I promised everyone, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do, like, New Moon. It's going to be, like, more frequent I'm gonna have like weekly uploads I'm gonna have shorter Mm -hmm. episodes so like you don't have to listen like an hour and a half and then I read the first chapter and I read like the first 10 pages and I was like oh my god I think I can't do this (laughs) I put it down for like a week and then I picked it back up again and I was like okay maybe I can do this because like halfway through the first chapter I was like all right I guess I can read it but like the first 10 pages I was like holy crap like this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's let's jump right into it. So starts off with a preface, which last time when I started the first book, I skipped the preface in my um, podcast because I didn't think it was important. But like, I don't want to skip the preface this time. <laughs> so this time, the preface is um, just as vague as as the first one. <laughs> Clearly, a very scary situation. Once again. Um, Bella is playing with death again. She's about to die. I don't know how many times this is going to happen. And apparently, um, Alice said that they could both die in this place that they're in, which confuses me because how is Alice going to die? 
yeah. I'm sensing a I'm sensing a dangerous situation. Um, and Bella says she's like running away, but she's not fast enough, obviously. Um, and they're in a sunny place with a big clock. Yeah. So after I read the part like in the first chapter where Edward talks about the Volturi, like I just I just know that this they have to be in Italy. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> they have to be in Italy and the Volturi are about to kill them. Or Volturi or whatever, how you, how, how you say it, I don't know. But yeah, it gave me very much like James 2.0 vibes. Like I'm feeling that we're going to be in the exact same situation. Yeah. But in Italy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the preface. <laughs> nice and short and sweet. And that brings us to chapter one, which is called Party. So it starts off, Bella's dreaming, and she sees her grandma. And then suddenly, like, Edward comes out, and he calls her name, and he comes over. And then her grandma, Grand-Gran, is that what you call her? Gran? Gran. Just Gran. Yep. <laughs> Good old Gran. Um, she realizes that, you know, Gran is, like, looking at Edward, and then she turns around, and she's like, oh my god, it's not Gran, it's me. I'm in the mirror. <laughs> And I'm grand. <laughs> so she's basically just having this dream that she's a really old lady because obviously she's upset that Edward won't turn her into a vampire. Yeah. And then she wakes up and surprise, it's her birthday. <laughs> which you would think is a good day, but she's not excited about her birthday at all. Right. Which seems so silly to me. I mean, she's right? turning, she's turning what, 18? Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. And, like, she's, like, and Edward's 17, and I'm, like, there are plenty of couples who have, like, a couple months age difference where one is, like, 18, or even a couple years. One's 18, one's 17. Doesn't matter. Also, he's not even 17. He's, like, 117. <laughs> yeah. And she probably really enjoyed all of her birthdays before this one. So mm -hmm. it seems like really a few months or a year changes your complete perspective on just a birthday. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. She's very dramatic about it, though. Yes. So she wakes up in bed and, like, Edward's with her. He stays the night all the time, apparently now, because Charlie doesn't notice. He just, <laughs> Edward just climbs up through the window and he never knows. Basically, like, her and Edward separate, and then they get to school, and um, she sees him in the parking lot. She's right back at it with the Greek god metaphors. Um, can't, can't forget about those. And he's with Alice, and Alice comes up, and she's super stoked about Bella's birthday, because they haven't celebrated a birthday since it was Emmett's birthday in 1935. <laughs> so, clearly... <laughs> they need a birthday party. They need a birthday party. Um, and Alice is, like, really excited, um, but apparently Bella made them all promise not to get her anything. Spoiler, they do not keep that promise. None of them. Um, and also, like, in being this dramatic about hating her birthday, she's drawing so much more attention to the fact that it's her birthday. Yeah. She's way grumpier than usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's making she's everybody miserable. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> It's just, she's making it worse for herself, really. She should just suck it up and, like, be happy that people are excited and care about, about the day her. she was born. Exactly. Yeah. Be a little grateful. <laughs> um, and so apparently her mom and dad also broke their promise. Her mom gave her a scrapbook 
and Charlie gave her a camera, which is so cute. That's yeah. like a really nice gift. Um, it is. And then I wrote down this part because <laughs> so Edward says to her, so as discussed, I am not allowed to wish you a happy birthday. Is that correct? <laughs> and she says, yes, that is correct. And then she goes, I can never quite mimic the flow of his perfect formula, formal articulation. It was something that could only be picked up in an earlier century. That was like a very normal sentence. Yeah, it wasn't fancy. No. (laughs) He was just making sure they were on the same page about the birthday. But apparently that's a huge deal to Bella. Um, And apparently that sentence was really impressive to her. But I don't think so. Um, So Alice reveals... Right? Alice reveals that they're throwing a party for her at their house, and she gets super annoyed and, like, tries to get out of it by saying that she has to watch Romeo and Juliet. Um, like, that's so rude. Someone tells you that they're throwing a party for your birthday, and you're like, oh, I can't. No, I don't want a party. Like, And she's already God. seen this movie multiple times. Yes. <laughs> like, no one needs to watch Romeo and Juliet. No. We've all seen it since we were, like, 14. And you don't have to watch it twice. You really don't. You really don't. But so Edward's basically like, yeah, fuck that. I'm coming to get you at 7. We're going to go. We're going to go to the party. Um, So they end up going to class after that. And apparently, like, Edward has worked his charming magic to get their schedules to be, like, exactly the same. Like, they have all the same classes. Which is absurd. Like, can you not spend one hour apart? Do you have to be in the same English class? Yeah, I can't imagine that working ever in real life. No! I would get so sick of them. I would get so sick of someone. If they were in all my classes and I was dating them and they came over every single night and slept... No. Absolutely not. I need some me time. So then, like, she sees uh, Mike. Good old Mike. And apparently he, like, over the summer had tried to kind of copy Edward's look a little bit. But Bella's like, um, no one can ever look as good as Edward. Like, let's be nice. Okay? He had a glow up. He's trying his best. Yeah. Poor Mike. I will defend, I will defend the humans of Forks till the end of me. They're normal people. Yeah. Bella's the weird one. For sure. So yeah, so it's senior year. So Bella says that her plan A is that she gets Edward to turn her into a vampire, but that's not going to happen, right now at least. So plan B is college, which is so stupid. College should always be plan A. Bella, come on. And also, Edward offered to pay for her to go to college, which is so nice. And he's, like, really excited and, like, wants her to go. Which is really nice. That's maybe, like, the healthiest thing about their relationship is that he wants her to go to college and get an education. And you know what? I hope they go to college together. I hope so, too. I hope hope they go off and have a wonderful (laughs) Ivy League education. I want them to go to college. Sue me. I mean, I'm also confused because wasn't her plan always to go to college? And so I feel like just because you have a boyfriend like you can still go to college (laughs) yes and like even if he turned her into a vampire like she's 18 she can still go to college yeah come on bella like does she just want nothing else with her life yeah like like what are you gonna do 
like, especially if he does turn you into a vampire, like, so what are you going to do for the rest of eternity? Yeah. If you don't have an education. <laughs> you might as well. Yeah. Carlisle went to college. Come on. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get a job. Carlisle's got a job. Get it together. Um, let's see. And college is so fun. I mean. Yeah. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to go to college? Bella, honestly. But, you know, whatever. Um, but, so then she explains, like, she's like, oh yeah, like, Edward offered to pay for college because the Collins are super rich. And I'd kind of always wondered how they got so rich, because, like, obviously, Carlisle's a doctor. He makes pretty good money. It adds up over 600 years, or 400 years, <laughs> however old he is. And then she says that Alice, like, predicts the stock market, which is so funny. <laughs> That's the kind of detail I like in this. Yeah, I'm just wondering how that works. <laughs> like, yeah, does she see? She sees numbers and they're going up. <laughs> she sees like, okay, we have to invest in this particular company right now. Like, can you imagine? Like before the pandemic, she probably would have foreseen Zoom. Like she would have been like, we need to invest in Zoom. Everything like, what, in Zoom. What is Zoom? <laughs> and then she'd be like. I don't know, but we need to put everything into Zoom. <laughs> everything. I mean, we're on Zoom right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty convenient, though, that they have her for that. Right. Um, but so, like, they go to class, and then at lunch, um, Bella tells us that Rosalie, Jasper, and Emmett graduated, as they do all the time, because they're vampires. So... The only ones left are Edward and Alice. Um, and so they all sit together at lunch. But who else is at the table? The humans of Forks, which is so <laughs> funny. So they've got, like, Jessica and Mike and, like, who's the other girl? Angela. And, I forgot about her. Yeah. And Ben. Who I guess Angela and Ben are dating. I guess so. Good for them. Um, I forgot about Ben. <laughs> yeah, and it lists a few more people. Eric, Connor, Tyler, Lauren. Who's Connor? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know. <laughs> I I am willing to put money on the fact that Connor was not in the first book. <laughs> like a you should look to it up after. <laughs> I should. <laughs> but it's so incredible that they all sit at the same table and apparently like when Alice and Edward are there, there's, like, a divide, like... An invisible just, line. Like, yeah, an invisible line, where it's the vampires on one end and the humans on the other, but, like, on the days that Alice and Edward aren't there, Bella talks to the humans. I was like, that's pretentious. You know what? You could, you could at least be nice to your friends, but... Yeah. Like, why would they it, sit there, though? Right? Like, <laughs> just... If they just I get guess... ignored, like, the humans... Yeah, I wouldn't love that. I would probably want my own table. Yeah. But, like, I would really love to see an interaction between, like, Alice and Edward and the humans. Like, I, don't, yeah. I want them to talk to each other. Yeah. I want, I, want, I want them to be one giant squad. Like I said in a, in a previous episode, I don't remember which one, but I was like, I love Jessica. Like, I have a lot of sympathy for the girl. Yeah. She's just trying to be a good friend. She's nice. She is. And I want her to be in this entire series. Like, I want her to be... I'm pretty sure Bella and Edward get married. I want her to be there. 
yeah, pretty sure there's some big battle at the end. I want her to be there <laughs> with like a wooden stake <laughs> ready to go. All I want right, her to be a huge part of this. <laughs> we'll I see what Jessica. happens. <laughs> you know, the problem with these two chapters not enough Jessica. Yeah, we need more. We do. I hope there's more Jessica in the rest of this book. Um, <laughs> but so after school, Bella or Edward walks Bella to her truck. And they go back to Bella's to watch Romeo and Juliet. And Bella's, like, still in a bad mood because she still is mad that it's her birthday. And she says that she's hardly ever bad-tempered with Edward. But, all, like, she's literally always bad-tempered. Like, I cannot recall a time <laughs> that she was in a good mood. Yeah. And she also talks about his breath. She's always, like, his sweet breath, like, blew across my... Oh, that's gross. <laughs> that's so gross. Well, I guess he doesn't eat. So his breath... I guess it smells good. But when he does, it's animal blood. <laughs> he right? must brush them fangs up. He must have like a like a really nice electric toothbrush with mm-hmm. you gotta keep them fangs sharp. Yeah. Them pearly whites. But yeah, apparently he has he smell his breath smells really good, but she mentions it way too often. She's always like yeah. sweet breath. That's gross. I don't care if someone's breath smells good, like they're chewing a piece of gum, that's great, good for them. But if you breathe on me, it's still weird. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but so they start watching Romeo and Juliet, and Edward starts like making fun of Romeo because why wouldn't you? Romeo's like really stupid. And then Bella's like, hey, he's my favorite fictional character. <laughs> and then Edward explains why he's literally the worst character. Like, Romeo is horrible he's so stupid yeah but that just really says a lot about bella because if you're she wants a romeo Romeo. (laughs) but so eventually they like focus on watching the movie and um at the end bella cries because it was so beautiful and she loves it so much and then edward like weirdly says that he envies how romeo can end his life which is weird as hell a really depressing thing to say. Scary thing to say. Don't know why he brought that up in casual conversation. Um, and then Bella kind of had that same reaction. Like, she was like, why would you, what do you mean? And then he confesses that, you know, back with the James situation, if Bella had died, then uh, Edward probably would have tried to kill himself, which... That's yeah. so extreme. Yeah. That's so extreme. I just... And at that point, too, they'd only known each other for, like, a few months. Yeah. Why would you... Why would you do that? And it know? didn't... It didn't need to go there. They were just watching it, Romeo and Juliet. It didn't need to go there. <laughs> All of a sudden, he, it's like, yeah, I would have committed suicide, like, a few months ago if you died. Just casually. Died, me, too. <laughs> like if someone's I mean there's so many red flags in this book and in the first one but like I guess I just have to add that to the list because that's too much it's too much this is when he explains like the Volturi he says that mm. maybe um to do that to kill himself because who knows how a vampire would do that he would go to Italy and provoke the Volturi Volturi Vultures. Yeah. Vulture. No idea. 
And then he explains that the three, like, dudes in the painting in Carlyle's office, you know, from half a book ago, um, <laughs> that's the Volturi. And they're a super old, prestigious vampire squad. He says they're like the royal family, but if you get on their bad side, like, they'll kill you, even if you're a vampire. And that's when I was like, oh, so Italy is a sunny place. Volturi could kill Alice. So that's where they are in the preface. (laughs) So, yeah, you're piecing it together very early on. I know. I'm so smart. It's almost like these books were written for uh, middle schoolers or something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so then Bella gets really mad and she's like, how would you like it if you died and I killed myself? Which, you know, ignore the fact that he can't die. But still, good question. Good question. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I would hate it if you did that. (laughs) Perspective. We don't have to talk about it anymore. (laughs) So then uh, Charlie comes through and he's like, hey, kids, you want some pizza? He's the best dad ever. I love him. And I love that this was his entrance. Um, And so they're like, yeah, sure. Love pizza. And Edward asks if he can borrow Bella for the evening. And Charlie's like, yeah, um, I was going to watch sports tonight anyway. So that's really fun. And <laughs> he tells them to say hi to Alice for him because apparently they're friends now. Which is funny and like kind of cute, but also a little weird. Yeah. she's. I mean, she's a high schooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's friends with... Like, it's one thing, like, if your parents really like the people you're friends with, but it's another thing if they have their own friendship with them. Yes. It's really strange. Like, he says, like, oh, yeah, Alice hasn't, hasn't, Alice hasn't come over to visit in a while. It's like, why are you hanging out with her friend? A teenage girl. A teenage girl. Like, I'm not saying anything weird is happening, because obviously Alice and Jasper together forever. (laughs) But it is a weird friendship. It's not, I wouldn't have expected it. Um, yeah. Like, Edward and Charlie should be friends. Yeah, they should be bros. (laughs) But so, Edward tells Bella that she needs to at least try to be excited for her party, because one, it's polite, and two, they haven't had fun in a really long time. Well, they've had fun, but they haven't had a birthday (laughs) since Emmett in 1935, which kind of makes me question a little bit more about Emmett. Like, why did he have a birthday? Right. In 1935. Because wouldn't they not have known him until after he was a vampire? Yeah. So he wouldn't have had any more birthdays. Yeah, and, like, don't they not celebrate their birthday? I'm excited to hear about this 1935 birthday bash, to be honest. Yeah. I'm sure it was fun. If we ever hear about it. (laughs) If we ever hear about it again. (laughs) Explain that one, Stephanie Meyer. Um... But he says that everyone's excited, like, even Rosalie, which I find a little bit hard to believe, but, um, apparently, Rosalie and Emmett were supposed to go to Africa. That sounds That's fun. That's interesting. <laughs> I hope they go. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Um, and everyone in Forks thinks that they're at Dartmouth together, which is cute. And also, they could totally get into Dartmouth and go to Dartmouth. Like, why? They should just do it. Should, like, just do it. Go to college. Why don't these yeah. vampires go to college? Yeah. I guess they have all of eternity to do it, but still. You could do it, like, a bunch of times. Yeah. Be Why so not? smart. 
But it also, like, thinking about them going to college reminds me of something that, like, me and Sadie talked about this in one episode, but how do they have, like, the the correct documents, like, to go to college? Because obviously they have to have something saying, like, I'm not 118 years old, I'm 18 years old. Like, how do they... Yeah, don't they need social security numbers and birth certificates? Where do they get that? And, like, if they have a birth certificate, like, don't they have to change it, like, every couple of years so that (laughs) it looks real? Yeah. (laughs) And how do you just get a birth certificate besides being born? (laughs) Well, Carlisle's a doctor. I guess, yeah, he could just, like, print them, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's how it works. (laughs) Maybe there's like a vampire bureaucracy, like a like a vampire DMV. Yeah, just get a new birth certificate every few years. Every couple years, pop into the vampire DMV. Yeah, get get a new birth certificate. Maybe a driver's license. (laughs) Interesting. I really want to know. I want the answers. Um, (laughs) But so they go to the Cullens' house, and Alice has absolutely decked out the house. There's, like, roses in bowls. There's candles. It looks beautiful. And Bella goes, it was a hundred times worse than I'd imagined. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was probably the best birthday party she's ever had. She's Besides so ungrateful. But she's so ungrateful. <laughs> like, they could just be like, oh, we're vampires. We don't care about birthdays. Screw you. But they literally, like, Alice went above and beyond for her and she's like this is terrible like just why would you more decorations a little bit she's not even a little bit impressed like yeah i mean i'm sure she's never had a birthday like this yeah she's never had candles and floating flowers and bowls yeah was it pink roses or something yeah, hundreds of roses. Hundreds of roses. No, I mean, she's that's never expensive. Had of roses before. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. God. And then the present she gets. <clears throat> okay, we'll get there, but <laughs> they got a really nice shit. Um, she's spoiled. <laughs> she's super spoiled. So the Cullens, they all greet her, and Emmett kind of makes fun of her. He's like, oh, like, I thought you'd look older, haha. <laughs> like, but here you are red-faced as always which is so funny because like i can just picture kristen stewart with like a beat red face because that's bella in my head um and then he like leaves to go do something very conspicuously obviously that has something to do with a birthday gift um and then alice demands that she open presents so she goes to open the first box and it's from Emmett and Rosalie and Jasper. And she opens it and she, like, doesn't know what it is. And she says it's something electrical. And she's like, um, thanks? And then they, like, kind of laugh at her. And Jasper explains, it's a stereo for your car, dum-dum. <laughs> um, and then Alice says that Emmett is installing it so that she can't return it. Which <laughs> is kind of funny because you know she would return it even though that's such a nice gift. And, like, yeah. she loves her truck. So that's, like, that, like, not only is that, like, kind of an expensive nice gift to get someone, but it's also very thoughtful. Yeah. Because they didn't replace her truck, which they could have easily done. But easily. they gave her something to make her truck better. 
Yeah. And, and she, Like, she's just so ungrateful. But, you know, we know that. <laughs> um, so then Alice tells her to open her and Edward's gift next. And um, so she does. And then, uh-oh, she puts her finger under the wrapping paper and she gets a little paper cut. <laughs> wow. And she's bleeding. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Of course. And, yeah. And so all across this chapter also, Stephanie Meyer has done that thing where like in book sequels where they like the author like sneaky does a little recap of like the previous <laughs> book. So she made sure to like tell us in multiple ways that Jasper is the newest one to the diet of eating animals instead of people, and so he can't really control himself. And Edward immediately, like, knocks her out of the way, like, before anything even happens. And she crashes into a bunch of glass plates, and she gets a big old cut down her arm, and then there's blood everywhere. I think it's Come glass on, plates. Edward. Glass something. Yeah, it, this is literally Edward's fault. But anyway, and then Jasper goes crazy. He slams into Edward with the biggest, loudest crash ever. <laughs> And um, then they all, like, grab him. They're holding him back. And he's, like, snarling and snapping at her like a dog. Which is scary. But also, Bethany, I don't know if you know this, but I love Jasper. Like, I'm a huge Jasper fan. He's pretty cool. I don't know why I love him so much, but I do. He's got a really cool power where he can make people feel good. Like, Mm -hmm. and this didn't make me like him any less. Because... I hate Bella, so <laughs> I thought this was funny. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, Jasper, eat her, take a bite, go ahead. Um, but basically, <laughs> chapter one ends with them all holding Jasper back. Um, and then chapter two picks up right where we left off. Like, not even not even a pause, which is good because we ended on a very climactic note. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, chapter two is called Stitches. Wonder what's gonna happen. She's gonna get stitches. Um, So, Carlisle is the only one that stays calm. Because he knows, you know, how to not be tempted by the blood. And then Mm. Emmett and Rosalie get Jasper outside. And Rosalie is looking hella smug. Like, she's got this little, like, smirk look on her face. Which I think is funny. I also really like Rosalie, but I haven't... Like, there's not really very much of her so far. So I'm excited yeah. to learn more about her. Because we it need seems more. like she... Yeah. It seems like she shares my opinion of Bella. Yeah. Which <laughs> I would like to hear her her words for her, because I know I'm, I'm going to agree. Um, but so Esme looks, like, kind of sad and ashamed... And she follows the other ones into the yard. And so then Edward and Alice and Carlisle move Bella to the kitchen table. And Carlisle prepares her for stitches. And then they're like, Edward, like, you gotta go, buddy. Because this blood, we know how it makes you feel. We know how it smells to you. You gotta get out. Um, And eventually he does. But Bella also calls him. She's like, why are you so masochistic? I don't know if Stephanie Meyer looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or her publisher looked it up. But a masochist? A masochist mm-hmm. is someone who gets sexual pleasure from their own pain. Yeah. 
I don't know if that was the right word. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess he's, like, so tempted by her, and it's so painful for him. But I don't, I don't understand how that would be, like, sexual Mm-mm. pleasure. Yeah. Like, I could be wrong, but I googled it, so I don't think <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> but, like, why didn't Stephanie Meyer google it? Why didn't her editor Google it? They just all went along with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, her blood is her body, and he's, like, sexually attracted to it, but also it's painful at the same time. You're right, Bethany. It's a, it's a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor for sex. <laughs> She's just so irresistible. Honestly, it could be a metaphor. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not, but... <laughs> I kind of think she knows. just didn't Google it. Who yeah. knows at this point? Yeah, Edward leaves, um, and then eventually Alice leaves too because she can't stand the smell. But so then it's just Bella and Carlisle, and they end up having, like, a pretty deep convo as he, like, stitches her arm up and, like, cleans up all the blood. And Bella, like, Loki kind of treats it as, like, a therapy sesh at first. <laughs> like, she's like, this is all my fault. And he's like, no, like, this could have happened to anyone. Like, you just got a paper cut. Calm down. <laughs> Which is true. Like, it's really not her fault at all. She's being yeah. dramatic. Yeah. If it's anyone's fault, it's Edward. Because he lunged <laughs> at her before Jasper even did anything. He should have lunged at Jasper. Right. He didn't have to crash her into the table. And exactly. into all those plates. He didn't have to be that forceful Like, surely there her. was a couch somewhere. Yeah. Or he could have used his little fast-running powers to, like, get her out. <laughs> Right. There's so many better ways he could have handled this. Like, it really is his fault. Um, <laughs> 100%. But yeah, so Carlisle reassures her that it's not her fault. And she asks him, like, about, like, his job as a doctor and, like, how hard it must be for him to always be around blood, even though he's, like, yeah. a million years old and he's used to it. And she kind of asks him, like, about life in general. And he says, like, his favorite thing about his job and what he does is when he can use his enhanced abilities as he calls them to save someone that otherwise couldn't be saved which he's very much talking about edward here um so he starts like cleaning up the blood too and then he opens up and he says that even though he's a vampire he still believes in god and like the afterlife which is interesting Mm mm-hmm I didn't expect that from a vampire. (laughs) He's a very old vampire. He is a very old vampire. His dad was a clergyman. Right. right? So I guess it makes sense. And apparently none of the other vampires think that. But Edward, he does believe that there's a god. But Edward doesn't believe that there's um, an afterlife for vampires. Um, but Carlisle's like, no, you know what, like, I think there's a point to life, you know, even though I'm immortal, I still want to do good things. He says, he says they're damned regardless, but he tries to do the best he can to not hurt people and to help people instead, because maybe one day, if he does die, he wants to go to heaven, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And Bella's like, actually, that super makes sense, which I don't really, I don't understand how she wasn't a little bit questioning how a vampire is so religious, (laughs) but, (laughs) you know. And so that's when Carlisle tells her that she's the first person to fully agree with him. And he talks about Edward's beliefs and that, like, no one else agrees. 
Um, And then Bella starts thinking about her conversation with Edward when they were talking about Romeo ending his life because Edward was like, yeah, like, I wish I could die or whatever it is that we do. (laughs) He was, like, very ominous about it. But also, didn't they kill James? Like, James died. Right. So, like, vampires can definitely die. So it it does kind of make sense that they would be religious or, like, have thoughts about what happens to them when they die. I don't know why Edward's being so dramatic about that. Yeah. But um, Edward doesn't think that they have a soul. That's true. Edward doesn't think that. But Carlisle does, right? Yeah. And then Bella, she goes back into being her toxic self. Whenever she brings up wanting to become a vampire, she does it in the least healthy way possible. She's so manipulative about it, so mean. It's very much 18-year-old girl of her to do. Maybe even 16-year-old girl, to be honest. Um, But she says that it's her choice whether or not she wants to become a vampire. And Carlisle's like, well, it's Edward's choice too, because he's the one that would do it. And Bella's like, he's not the only one who can do it. And Carlisle's like, I'm not getting into this. This is not my problem. You need to talk to Edward about this. I'm glad he said that, you know? I really am. Because this also isn't the first time that Bella's threatened to, like, go around Edward and, like, have someone else do it. So I'm glad that, like, at least the Cullens are, like, on Edward's side about this. Because I do understand where he's coming from. Mm. But I also think, like, there's no way that Edward, like, if, if Bella was, like, 90 years old, if she really did look like Gran, there's no way Edward wouldn't feel a little bit weird. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, like, once... <laughs> Once Bella became, like, noticeably older than him, they would have to hide their relationship because, to the unknowing eye, it would be super illegal. It would be gross. Because Edward's only 17. Yeah. So if Bella, if, if Bella hits, like, 25 or 30, maybe, and she starts getting crow's feet, they're yeah. going to have to keep that under wraps because otherwise yeah. she's going to be doing some time. Yeah. And also, the only reason that Carlisle does it to people is because they're about to die. So to just do it to a perfectly healthy person, like, no, he's not going to do that. Yeah. Because Carlisle also says, like, it's such a terrible, like, life to have. Yeah. Especially if you want to live it the way Carlisle does. You're stuck between either killing people, not very good, or eating animals instead but like it's not really as good and it's really hard to do so like why would you bring someone into that if if they have another choice so like i get it i get it she's being super super toxic um (laughs) but so then carlisle opens up about turning edward into a vampire and he tells us this story a little bit more fully sometimes he, he says sometimes he wonders like if it was the right thing to do to start turning people into vampires. And he said that what made him do it to Edward was Edward's mother, because they were all dying in the hospital together from the Spanish flu, and Edward's mother started to really die. Like, she was super on her deathbed. And she told Carlisle, like, you have to do whatever you can to save him, please. And then she says, like, He's like, I will do everything within my power. And she goes, yeah, you have to do everything within your 
power. And Carl's like, yo, does she know? Yeah. Does she know that I'm a vampire? Because it kind of seemed like she did. I would have probably thought the same thing. Um, so then he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Um, and Bella also, like, before, like, while Carlisle was telling the story, she was like, oh, yeah, like, it never occurred to me. Like, obviously, Edward doesn't remember this because he was dying. But Carlisle does because he has, like, a perfect memory. And I'm like, yeah, makes sense. But also, this was over 100 years ago. Like, I don't remember things that happened 20 years ago. (laughs) I don't remember things that happened five years ago. So, like, how does he remember 100 years? It must be something about that. Yeah. It must be something about that special vampire brain. Yeah. I thought there was something weird about this story because it starts out um so they're on the hospital and she said it said that elizabeth the mother hurt her own chances of survival trying to nurse him from her sick bed and when i heard the word nurse i was thinking <laughs> baby and then i i you know you read later and it's like no this is what edward's 17 so <laughs> i just had this weird image of like okay he's a baby they're about to die and then it's like no 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 this is when he gets turned into a vampire like so, I guess she's just being a little motherly, but she's not, like, nursing him like a baby. <laughs> yeah, like, breastfeeding him. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I thought. <laughs> and it was confusing. It's also, it's also kind of weird, like, how would she be nursing him? Like, what does she have that she could possibly help him? Like, <laughs> she's sick. <laughs> she's dying. Like, how could, yeah. how could she... I doubt she has, like, a cold rag to put on him, unless she took it off her head and put it on his. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't really understand <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but so Carlisle says that he always wanted a companion because he was so lonely, and he doesn't regret doing it to Edward, and he's never regretted it. Um, and then he kind of, like, finishes it up. He's like, I think I should bring you home now. And then Edward comes, like, creeping in through the shadows, and he's like, I'll take her home. Um, and he gets Bella a change of clothes so that Charlie doesn't see, like, a blood-stained shirt, so he leaves. And when he leaves, Carlisle says that tonight is the kind of thing that Edward fears the most, because she was put in danger because she was with a bunch of vampires that Edward brought her to. And Bella once again says it's her fault, which clearly she didn't get anything out of this therapy session, um, because it's not. (laughs) And he's like, it's literally not your fault, you got a paper cut. And then Bella kind of drops it, but in her head she's like, it is my fault. But it's not. (laughs) Um, And so Bella changes clothes. She asks Alice, like, how bad are things? And Alice says that Jasper's, like, really upset with himself, feels really bad. And Bella tells her to tell him that she doesn't blame him. It's not his fault. As she goes to leave, Alice forces her to bring her presents with her. Which is hilarious that Alice was still thinking about these presents. <laughs> but And then they leave, and Edward's like being really weird and quiet and mysterious. And she breaks the silence, and he saw, she says to him, Tell me that you forgive me. One, toxic. Just say you're sorry. Two, it's not your fault. (laughs) And then he's like, why would I need to forgive you? Like, it's my fault. And then he says that she's better off with Mike Newton 
And Bella says, I'd rather die than be with Mike Newton. Those were Yikes. her words. That is fucking harsh. She'd rather yeah. die. <laughs> and we don't know anything like terrible about Mike. Wait, I mean, he seems, he seems like, like a great kid. Right. Maybe he's a little clingy, but he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with him. And she's clingy as ugly. hell. <laughs> yeah. She is. Yeah, he's not ugly. He just had to glow up. Yeah. Looks a little bit like Edward now. Not quite. <laughs> but a little bit. <laughs> but so then Edward's like, don't be melodramatic. Which I kind of laughed that he said that to her. <laughs> um, yeah. But so he drives her home. And then she asks him to stay the night. And he's like, oh, I should go home. And she's like, it's my birthday. And he's like, yeah, you don't get to pick and choose when you like the fact that it's your birthday, Bella. But he stays with her anyway. Um, and so she goes inside and Edward's like, I'll meet you upstairs because he climbs through the window. And um, Charlie is like not suspicious at all about the change. He doesn't even notice she changed the shirt. He just sees the bandage. And he's like, what happened? And she's like, oh, I just fell. And he's like, <laughs> classic Bella, always falling. <laughs> Um, and then she gets upstairs, she opens, she, she gets in there and Edward's still, like, kind of quiet, but, like, a little bit better. And, um, they open the rest of her presents and Edward opens them for her, just in case. Um, and she sees that Carlisle and Esme got them plane tickets to visit her mom in Jacksonville, which is super nice. Like, she really got spoiled. Yeah. And then... Edward's present to her, which is, it's probably the most heartfelt, but it's also the worst present. <laughs> he gives her a mixtape and all of his little piano songs, you know, his lullaby that he wrote for her. And she's so overcome with emotion that she begins to cry. Like, she's crying. It was a little bit much, you know, but whatever. And Wasn't so it from Edward? Edward? And Alice? Yeah. Because Alice was like, open me and Edward's next. And I was like, what, is, what was Alice's contribution to this? Like the CD or the tape? And then she, she put yeah, the she, music on it? She burned the CD for him. Yeah. <laughs> she held the microphone to record it. Oh, that's so funny. Alice was just trying to be cheap. She didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> uh, just kidding. She bought literally a hundred roses. So, I don't know. The party was the present from Alice, I think, yes. honestly. Yes. Um, but so then Edward gets her some Tylenol for her arm, and they make out, and they go, like, a little bit further than usual. Not, like, you know, they don't get, like, sexy, but, you know, she's, like, kind of pushing the boundaries, and he's letting her, and then he, like, suddenly stops, and she's like, ooh, that was so great. We went a little further. But then he's like, you need to go to sleep now, like, we need to chill out. And she's like, no, kiss me again. Which, like, girl, like, you're really testing him. Like, he wants to eat you still. Let's not forget. <laughs> she seems to forget that. She Always. really does. <laughs> and then she says the cringiest thing. I don't want to say the cringiest thing she's ever said. Because I. there's probably been other things. But she says... What's tempting you more, my blood or my body? <laughs> oh, it's so 
gross. Why did she say that? I think she said something kind of similar in the first book. I don't remember what it was, but I think she said something similar. It wouldn't like, surprise me. Yeah, like when she was in the hospital, I think she like asked him about like how good her blood tasted or something. And she's like, "Why are you using mm-hmm. me? That's weird. I wouldn't want to know." I feel like it has to be her blood at this point. Like right? they haven't. All they do is make out. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when he first met her, let's let's not forget he. The first thoughts that came to his mind were, "How can I get this girl out of the room so that I can kill her?" I don't think that just goes away. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the blood. But he kind of yeah. lies to her. And he's like, it's the same. Now shut up and go to sleep. And then she finally does. Um, she also, like, her arm starts to hurt a little bit. So she, like, sneakily tries to put it up against his body because he's cold. So she's just, like, using him as an ice pack. Which is I mean, handy, in her case, she needs that all the time. So She does. I know that she becomes a vampire at the end. Like, that is not a spoiler to me. So, like, does she... Is she going to stop being clumsy? I hope so. <laughs> Good answer. And that's her superpower. <laughs> I don't know. True. I do wonder what her superpower is. Why did she have to, like, sneak closer to him? Couldn't she just tell him, hey, my arm hurts? Yeah. Like, get in here? <laughs> just ask. <laughs> Like he's sure, your he friend. He could, but he could probably like put his arm on it or his hand on it and like really, you know, apply yeah. some pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so it just seems silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then she she falls asleep, but as she's falling asleep, she realizes that this passionate kiss that they just had kind of reminds her of the time they kissed when James was chasing her and they were parting ways so that she could go hide. So, foreshadowing. My prediction, he's going to dump her because of this paper cut incident. Because he feels bad. But I know they're going to get back together because otherwise, how would she end up in Italy with Alice? Right. So what happens in between, I'll never know. (laughs) Well, I will know. You'll know soon. But for right now, I don't. But yeah, that's the end of chapter two. And, And that's the end of this episode. Yeah. A lot happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot did happen. A lot more happened than I thought would happen in when I read the first ten pages. But I'm really just... We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Bethany. This has been really fun. I hope you've enjoyed um, rereading Twilight a little bit, because... I have. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, that's the end of this episode. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review or just rate us. It takes five seconds to rate. Probably five stars, but you know, whatever floats your boat. And if you're on Spotify, follow the podcast so that you know uh, when a new episode comes out, which hopefully will be on a weekly basis now. Okay, bye listeners.